about faith and, and trust in the, in the path or in, in life as a, as a teacher. And uh, faith is one of the five spiritual faculties. That's one way of looking, the spiritual faculties is one way of looking uh, at qualities of the mind which are cultivated through practicing and these five faculties are also called Indriya in Pali. And they consist of two pairs and, and mindfulness as a balancing factor in the middle. The first one is, is faith and wisdom and the other one is energy and collectedness of mind. And I wanted to speak about faith and I think uh, one experience which we all share as human beings is experiencing the uncertainty and the unpredictability and uh, mystery, really, of, of the human existence of our lives. The constant change and we are just basically, we don't know what's going to happen next. And being able to there with this feeling and I'm sure you know how that feels and I, I don't have to describe it this kind of you know having nowhere to really stand on actually other than in being aware of what is what is happening and then when we look at our minds the minds you know have have habitual ways of, of trying to get some ground trying to get some some certainty, and and that is, uh, you know, what we can call as as grasping or clinging, in the teaching. And, and there's two different kinds of grasping and clinging. One is, you know, to hold on tight and to not want to change to occur because we'd like to have this or that. And the other way of grasping is, is just not wanting something to enter our space because we, we don't like it or we are, we are afraid of it. We, we feel, you know, we want to keep control. And whenever, you know, our mind, whenever we are grasping, we are, we are kind of lost in, in the thinking mind and we have, we have lost touch with, with awareness. And as soon as we, we know that we are grasping and we know that there is, is a, a holding on, a contraction happening, then we are, we are back, back 
in connection with, with awareness. And in that moment we are rising above the habitual thinking mind. We are not lost. And you know, trusting that, uh, reconnecting with awareness, trusting that resting in beyond the thinking mind, that's what I think faith is. And you know, through, through experience, we, we can uh, strengthen faith. And also, for example, through, through meeting, uh, meeting beings who, who are, who are very, very well established, who, who have you know, risen permanently beyond doubt through you know, some great teachers alive or historical figures, you know, reading biographies of great masters or, or meeting a great teacher like I remember, you know, the first time when I really um, came in touch with, with a being who, who exuded that um, strength of mind, that unshakability of mind, that was actually, I think I've told it once, surely already, it was when I was traveling in a train in, in Burma many years ago, 87, and it was the hottest months of the hot season in May, where nobody in their right minds would ever go to Burma anyway. <laughs> but I just didn't have any other space to go. So I remember I was sitting with my friend in, in a train from uh, the north from Burma coming back to, to Rangoon, and it was incredibly hot, and, and there were just very little fans there. There was no air conditioning. There was you know, no cold drinks. It was just really very, very... Uh, Taxing really, and people were extremely restless, and you know, go, and there were two monks also in in, in that in that um, carriage, and they were so different than everybody else, including myself. And I was just I couldn't take my eyes off, you know, because they were just sitting there, and they had in Burma monks often have like this, um, you know, ceremonial fans, small one. And they both held their fan and they were just doing a little bit like this. But otherwise they weren't <coughs> doing anything else. <coughs> they weren't restless. They were just, it just stood out. And I was, I was thinking, they, they know something <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> That's for sure. Otherwise they wouldn't be able you know, to keep that, that uh, equilibrium because it didn't look at all stilted or, or contrived. It, it was real. And I never forgot that. But, you know, but I didn't think about it much. And then, I think a year later, I met my first teacher, Ajahn Buddha Dasa. And, and when I saw him, he had that quality as well. And, and then, you know, I had my first meditation retreat, and then I started to, to get uh, an, an overview of, of the Buddha's teaching, like the Four Noble Truths and the Three Characteristics of Life. And, and it always made sense to me very, very quickly. But if I would have heard those teachings, you know, before I would have seen somebody embodying it, I don't know, it would have gone in so quickly. Because I was totally ready for it and I had, I had strong faith in it because I have seen it before and I had a taste of that... Uh, what I was always, you know, looking for in my life, this unshakability of the heart, you know, whatever happens in life, just uh, 
opening to it instead of 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 trying to keep to keep it at arm's length. So that was um, seeing them, those two monks, and being in their in their presence, and then the presence of my first teacher was was like um, instilling the faith and and the trust. So the mind, my mind was willing, you know, to listen to the teachings and and uh, give it a give it a try, the meditation practice, and then. There were, you know, some little experiences and, and then some more and more and, and through that then I had, you know, a basic faith was, was there so I could go on on my own even and I wasn't anymore with my teacher then. So that's, that's one way I think how faith can be instilled and, and and another way is, uh, I think, you know, if you experience a lot of, of, um, of suffering or if experience a great loss and which also, you know, happened probably to all of you, to me it has happened as well. And, uh, and then there is like, there's an intuitive knowing that there, that there's a, that all of this must make some, you know, there must be some, some sense behind all of that, and that can also, uh, you know, instill a certain amount of faith. And so we c- we keep searching that there must be something more than 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 just you know the things moving in and out of our lives and the people and and experiences. There must be something deeper than that. And that's you know, for example. Ajahn Chah was speaking about suffering in a way there is two kinds of suffering. The suffering which, you know, leads us in circles, which leads us in, in, the, in, in the round of samsara endlessly, trying, you know, to satisfy ourselves and never really succeeding, of course. And the other kind of suffering is the suffering which leads out of suffering. If we use that suffering as an incentive for, for looking and looking deeper and trying to understand what, what is happening here. And um, you know, this basic human predicament of, of uh, having, you know, being constant in transition, never, never really uh, being able to take anything for granted because it could change any time. If we can open to that and you know can acknowledge uh, that as a as an incentive for, for growth and as an incentive for for you know looking here and and you know acknowledging the fact that the refugees is in our own minds and in our willingness, you know, to stay with what is, and opening to to that which is uh, leading us beyond the limitations of our of our habitual ways of uh, of thinking, which are, you know, which are a result of our 
early childhood scenario or of our past past lives and which are a partial way of, of um, experiencing reality and because of that they, they are limiting and and limited of course so if we want to find rest we have to open And I have a very beautiful uh, saying here from Albert Einstein. I'd like to read it for you. He says, The intuitive mind is a sacred gift, and the rational mind is a faithful servant. We have created a society that honors the servant and has forgotten the gift. I think this is a very beautiful uh, saying. You know, which honors the servant and has forgotten the gift. And I think, you know, the all different methods of meditation, they're all about, you know, uh, enabling us to, or training our minds to, to come back to this precious gift of, of awareness, or intuitive, the intuitive mind, as he calls it. Because, of course, the thinking mind has a function in our lives, because... If we wouldn't have a thinking mind, we wouldn't be able, I think, maybe second thinking, um, <laughs> to move to move the body through the landscape, basically, you know, to 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 kind of you know, go shopping and buy some food, make a phone call, buy a train ticket, or uh, walk over the street. There's the thinking mind does have some function, but then it's alone. It's it's not enough. It has to be balanced with with the intuitive mind, and because it's it looks like that in this day and age we have gone very much lost in materialism, and in the rational mind, in the thinking mind, we have lost the touch with with the bigger picture. Because the bigger picture cannot be comprehended with the thinking mind, because the thinking mind is conditioned. It is limited and it is limiting, and it looks like it uh, has done a lot of um, harm, you know, to our our planet so far, because we are we are having only a partial understanding of what we are doing, and and the repercussions of that are are quite frightening right now. And I think more and more people are waking up to that fact. And that is a good thing. And I think a mind which is trained through cultivating that ability to open the awareness, a mind which is trained to be with uncertainty and to be with the mystery and the unpredictability, a mind who is strong, I would say, can actually open up to what's happening now and and taking in that it's more than urgent to for us to to find different ways of relating to life. 
just really giving up the hope that we ever are able to control nature or exploit nature without it catching up with us. It is just not possible. And, and trusting that if we're connecting with something which is beyond our limited little conditioned minds, that from, from that opening there's a much higher intelligence within awareness which we can uh, tap into if we don't insist you know, to hold on to what we think is you know, right and what we think is wrong because the thinking mind is just very a limited approach in terms of you know, dualistic interpretation of, of what is experienced and that's just very very um, insufficient to respond to what is needed. And meditation, all different different methods of meditation, all different tools of, of cultivating the mind, they are all geared towards giving the mind a rest from being caught in habitual thinking. And in the beginning of the practice we are we are starting with like very simple concentration practice, just taking one object and, for example, choosing the breath or, or choosing choosing the body or choosing a mantra or anything. And then always coming back to that and observing how the mind tends to go off into habitual patterns because that's what it has done always and it feels safe that way. And when we bring it back again and again to, to a chosen object, it's a, it's a process of, of deconditioning the mind. And then once we have practiced for a bit longer, then we can you know, open up and we can also see, not only can we always have an object to come back to, but we also see how the mind is, um, <coughs> the attitude in the mind, the mood of the mind. If there is, you know, a habitual pattern going on, you know, how is the mind? How, con how, how does it feel? The contraction, the, the, the fear or the desire or whatever, how does it, how does it feel energetically? And then, you know, if we can incorporate that in our field of awareness, then, you know, we are coming closer to to becoming aware of awareness itself, that which knows all those arisings and ceasings. So it's, it's, a, it's a progressive path, which is, is a progressive opening up. And of course also we can have moments, you know, we can just tap into it, but then really being able to stay open is, is, a, is a result of cultivation, as a result of repetition, just like learning to play an instrument or learning to be really good at a certain sport or something. It's the repetition which gives the agility to really be able to stay in that flow. And It all starts, you know, with, with being 
becoming aware if our mind is it's, it's caught up. So it's not about uh, forcing, you know, forcing the mind to be different than from what it is, but it's more about becoming aware of what is happening. That's, that's enough, actually. It's not about manipulating or forcing at all. But it's about being aware about the limitations we, we uh, I wouldn't say, no, I mean, we are not a victim of those limitations, but we can, if we are not aware of it, we actually are, because we live in such a small world. And actually there would, there would be, the door, the door is, is open, we can step out. Any moment, any moment when we become aware, we can step out of those limitations and, and we can do it again and again and again. It's, it's like an acquired taste. In the beginning, you know, stepping out from a little cave into the bright light of the day can be frightening, really. So first we have to just a little bit and then we go back. And then a little bit more and, and then we go back. So it's not about you know, an aggressive approach, but it, just doing it again and again, like taking a little child on the hand and, and going with it in places it is scared because it's it's maybe too big, you know, and too new and it is it is just so vast. And when I sometimes get in touch with this, this feeling of uncertainty because everything is, if I'm not, you know, um, backing down into my thinking mind and I step out into this vast space, then, and I feel this feeling of hesitation here in, in the body, you know, in the center of my, of my body, then I just try to remind to remind myself of all the great beings who have done that before me. And obviously it has worked for them, so why shouldn't it work for me too? Because I'm just like a human body and a mind, like, like they are also, have also been. That gives me um, an incentive to, to try for myself as well. Because I think I can only really contribute something new and, and something um, valuable also if I if I'm really willing to to get to know myself and all my habitual tendencies because that is a, is a very humbling process and at the same time it produces you know wisdom and compassion because if you know yourself, you, you have a basic understanding of, of, of um, the limitations of the thinking mind, which it is for all human beings. And then you understand you know, what you meet better. And if you understand it better, then automatically you have compassion as well. Because if you can't do it sometimes, why should other people be able to do it? And, and that humility and the compassion and, and, and the wisdom that's, uh, that's 
all uh, support for for increasing opening and increasing um, courage to let go of, of the limitations. And I have another little thing to read for you. This time it's not from Einstein, but it's from Rumi. Isn't this very beautiful also? No, it's not from Rumi, sorry. It's from Rainer Maria Rilke. Have patience with everything unresolved in your heart and try to laugh the questions themselves. Don't search for the answers. They could not be given to you now because you would not be able to live them. And the point is to live everything. Leave the questions now. Perhaps then, someday in the future, you will gradually, without even noticing it, leave your way into the answer. So I hope that we all you know, have enough faith that we can allow ourselves to leave our way into the answers which we don't know at the moment. But if we keep opening and not getting stuck in the past, then the answers are bound to arrive. So that's it. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.